Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Now, to start my message off this morning, I have some volunteers. So can I have my volunteers please come and stand at the front? Bit of an illustrated sermon here. Doesn't matter what order you go, I'm not going to plan this order or anything else like that. Who's heard of Chinese whispers before? Did you know it used to be called Ros- Russian gossip? And uh, back in, in the mid-20th uh, century, they changed it to Chinese whispers because it was developed in the United, United Kingdom and they thought that uh, Chinese was harder to understand than, than Russian. And so they uh, linked it to gossip. So what we're going to do is give a meter between each other, okay? I don't want you hearing what each other... Move a meter, that's it. Now, I'm going to give the uh, written word to uh, Narelle, and then she's going to whisper it along the line, and we're going to see how it changes by the time it gets to the end, all right? So we're just going to see how this goes. Now, you're only allowed to read it once, memorize it, and you're only allowed to repeat it once. There you go. Just whisper it there. At once, Jake, are you concentrating? I like to distract. Keisha, always listen to what your husband says. Ah, uh, you only get it once. <laughs> All right, buddy, tell me. It sounds all Chinese. Brett's head is as tough as nails. You're not lies in church. That's, that's what I heard. Let me read what the written word says. What, what did you say? Brett's head is as tough as Neil. Brett's head is as... Did you do this, Josh? Did you? <laughs> the original written word says, I saw the mailman toss your mail in my neighbor's garbage bin. How did we get to that? Someone got it wrong anyway. Thank you. Give these guys a big hand. Thank you very much. Chinese whispers, Russian scandal. That's all it is. This morning you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses. We're going to read from verse 1 in just a minute. Chinese whispers refers to a sequence of repetitions of a story, each one differing slightly from the original. So the final telling bears only a scant resemblance to the original. Can you say amen? The reason I raise that this morning is that the story changes the more that it's repeated. And 
And the critics of Christianity and the critics of the gospel will say that over the 2,000 years that we've had the written word of God, that it has changed, that it has been Chinese whispers that have affected it. However, the proof of Scripture is that in the living of it, we see people's lives changed and people's lives helped. As a Christ follower, we're commanded to repeat the commands of Christ and the message of the truth. Bearing that in mind, I want to read from 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must first partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Then go to verse 14. Paul, Paul says to Timothy, Remind them again of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers, but be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Father, I pray that the word of truth this morning and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, this word would speak to our hearts, stir us and challenge us and remind us again of the authenticity of the gospel and the power of the gospel which changes lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A casual search of scripture for the words remind, remember, show us that Paul, Peter, John, Jude, just to name a couple, declare that the word of God needs to be repeated and not forgotten. I want to preach to you a sermon this morning about repeating the message. And firstly, I want to talk to you about the purpose in repeating the message. Because the cry of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah was, cause me to remember. The fact is, as people, we are leaky vessels. We forget. We forget what someone has told us. I often forget appointments. My wife's got a whiteboard at home. And on that whiteboard, I've got all the appointments that I've got to try and remember. Therefore, sometimes the message has to be repeated. Last week, we heard Gary tell us again, or read again from the Word of God about the prodigal son. 
If you haven't heard that story a hundred times, I need to buy you a coffee. Because if you've been in church for any length of time, you would have heard that message about the father, about the son that goes and wasteful living, about the brother. We've read it. We've heard it preached. But how many know when it's preached, it's repeating the message that there's a purpose that God repeats it so that it sinks into our spirit. It becomes part of our very being. The fact is, as people, we're leaky. We need to be remembered. We need to be repeat. Uh, the message needs to be repeated so we remember. Deuteronomy 6 and 8, uh, 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 chapters 6 and 8, Moses warns the people about prosperity. And he warns them that if they go into the promised land, and when they go into the promised land and they, have, and they build up for themselves farms and they have plenty of money and they can retire early, that it's easy to forget the God that brought prosperity to their life and easy to forget the God that brought them out of the land of Egypt and out of bondage. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through to 14. But that, this, uh, that is the time to be careful. He's warning them about that time. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commandments. Hello, Australia. Regulations and decrees that I have given you today. For when you become full and prosperous and have built fine houses and retire at the age of 62, homes that you live in, when your flocks and herds become very large and and your silver and gold are multiplied along with everything else, be careful, the Lord says. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. God says it's important for you to remember. It's important for you to remember where you come from. I tell my testimony often. It's a repetitious sermon. Because I'll never forget where I was before I gave my life to Christ. What a mess my life was and how Jesus picked up my life and transformed me over the last 40 years that I can't even think about what sort of man I would have been without his help and without his salvation and without his grace. But you know what the people did? They did forget. In Judges chapter 3 and verse 7, it says the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot about the Lord their God and they served the images of Baal and Ashtoreth. The Lord had put various things in place, emblems, physical emblems, and various feast days in place so that they wouldn't remember, as so they wouldn't forget, but they would remember. He gave them circumcision, a physical reminder. The Sabbath, a physical reminder. Garments with tassels on the bottom of them, so they were easily identified as the people of God. The Ark of the Covenant. They were even forbidden to eat certain foods. Why? Because they were God's people, they weren't Gentiles. Even the the, uh, uh, day that they came across the Jordan River and Joshua was in charge, they took uh, uh, 12 big stones from the middle of the river and they put them as memorial stones on the other side of the Jordan to remember that it was God that parted the waters of the Red Sea, but also parted the Jordan, which was in flood. It seems a waste of time to some modern Christians to read the Old Testament. To have to contemplate, to study it, to learn, 
But Christ is in the Old Testament. There are images, there is understandings there, and there is things that we need to understand because the Old Te- the New Testament is something because of the Old Testament in the first place. God's message to his people has to be repeated over and over and over again. Every prophet that ever came to Israel repeated the same message over and over again. It's a matter of truth and the very basics of faith. Is truth outdated today? They tell us it's relative. It's relative to whatever age you live in. Well, I refute that. The truth is the truth and it must be repeated. All men are sinners and all men are lost without a saving God. Adia was leading, now she's amening. Truth has to be repeated. God chose his people. God's faithful to his people. People, God loves his people. That's what the Old Testament's about. God's faithfulness not to forget. Even the birth of Christ is God's faithfulness to send a saviour at right at the right time of history. As a preacher of the gospel, I will never apologize for telling the same story over and over again. Because it's the gospel that sets people free in their heart, in their spirit. It's what saves us. Declaring the love of God, declaring the forgiveness of God. Have you ever heard enough about the grace of God? I need the grace of God every day, every minute. Understanding the epistles in the New Testament also adds to this thought of the need and purpose of reminding us of the truth of the gospel. The New Testament church went through turmoil at different times with people coming in polluting the purity of the gospel. In the book of Jude, it only has one chapter, but verse 3 three to 5, it says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting uh, you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered for all the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny our, the Lord, and sorry, the only Lord our God and our Saviour, Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, Though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. So the purpose of the gospel is to remind us again of the very basics and the very understanding of, our, of God's love, his salvation, his judgment, his justice. And it is a defense of the truth. In our portion of Scripture, verse 2, I call this one of the very important basics of discipleship. In verse 2, it says, And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It's that conveying of the word of truth into someone else's life. It's not necessarily just taught, it's caught. It's not something that you just do in a program, but it's a spiritual impartation of life through the gospel, which is preached and you accept the word of the Lord and it changes your spirit. 
some time ago, when the uh, fires were in Wang, uh, Wangara and uh, in the northern area, my son, who lives in Maraginup, he uh, he's he, he uh, was fortunate that the fire didn't get to his place, even though he could see it coming over the the lake uh, the lakes areas and, uh, and through the bushland. He could, he had a good view of it coming towards him. But what helped stop the fire getting to him was his neighbour. His neighbour had a, a farm area and his neighbour um, uh, knew that the fire was coming so he cleared all the loose debris, put it down on the east side of the property where the fire would come first, made a big uh, area and just put, the, uh, put it in a big pile. Then he put all his sprinklers on for, the, for his whole property and he kept them on for three days. The fire stopped at that big bunch of, uh, of wood and, uh, and that pile of wood and the rubbish there and came no further. I thought about that and I thought someone's told that man, passed it down to him what to do in a fire situation. For you and I, one of the great jobs, one of the great tasks of Christianity is to repeat the message of the goodness of God to whoever will hear. Even amongst ourselves to encourage each other. Paul uses three, uh, three images of repetitious work to emphasize this message. After he says that in verse 2, he goes on to, to draw a picture and he says, a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. If you've, if you've been involved with any of those, you know, through, you know a couple of things about it. One, it's repetitious work. It's cyclic. If you're a, a soldier, you have to go through boot camp. You have to do the same thing over and over again. If you're an athlete, you have to run or do your discipline, whatever athletics you're in, and do it over and over and over again. The same thing. A farmer goes out, clears the land, plows the land, sows the seed waters the land, reaps the harvest, plows the land, does the same thing in a cyclic manner, repeating the same thing over and over again. Then Paul says, look at this in verse seven and eight, consider what I say and let the Lord and the Lord will give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. That's 30 years after Jesus rose from the dead. And Paul's still telling the same story, repeating the same sermon. There's a purpose, and that is that God wants to build something in our lives. Paul acknowledges that he's repeating himself. And he says this in verse 14, remind everyone about these things and command them in the presence of God to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Let the word of God be repeated in your heart. Let the word of God be repeated in your life. Paul takes it to the next level in that next verse, in verse 15. Our old King James, he says, study the word of God. Study that you may become a good worker. So you can rightly divide the word of truth. You and I need the message repeated time and time again. 
Secondly, I want to talk to you about the power of repeating the message. As a new believer, I went to church. Uh, initially, I went to church just on a Sunday. We, my wife and I became Christians. We were in our early 20s. And um, uh, we, 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 we thought, oh, we'll just go on a Sunday. So we started going on a Sunday. And I started hearing sermons, which I would call meat and potatoes. They were just basic sermons and they were constantly repeated. It was like he was on, he was on a, uh, it was like a, uh, an LP of, you know, an album of about 10 songs that he kept repeating those. It was like, and those meat and potatoes sermons had a lot of effect on me. Eventually I started going three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Then when there was life groups on or Bible study, I go to Bible study as well. And the thing was that I was devouring the word of God and I was chewing on the word of God. Can I tell you today, I can't remember one of those sermons, but I can tell you it fed me. I remember many years ago hearing this story about a vigorous discussion in the letter to the editor in a United States local newspaper. It says a churchgoer wrote a letter to the editor of a newspaper and complained that it made no sense to go to church every Sunday. I've gone for 30 years now, he wrote. And in that time, I heard about 3,000 sermons. You can imagine in, in an American accent, right? But for the life of me, I can't remember a single one of them. So he says, I, I decided not to go to church anymore. This started a real controversy in the letters to the editor's column because the local community was quite Christianity orientated. Much to the delight of the editor. It went on for several weeks until someone wrote this clincher. He said, I've been married for 30 years now. In that time, my, life, my wife has cooked me 32,000 meals. He's doing pretty good. But for the life of me, I can't recall one entire menu of, for one single meal. But I know this, he said, they all nourished me and gave me strength that I needed to do my work. If my wife had not given me those meals, I would be physically dead today. Likewise, if I had not gone to church and received nourishment from the repeated preaching of the Word of God, I would be spiritually dead today. Does that seal the matter for you? You might remember that Gary preached, amen, you can clap the Lord, amen. But you might remember that Gary did preach about the, the prodigal son for the next couple of weeks. But if I ask you in six months' time, you may not remember. But for some of you, there was something imparted in your life in that sermon by the repeating of that story that is resident in your spirit that has helped you. So I don't make any apology for meat and potatoes. In fact, I'm a meat and potatoes man at home. My wife likes a bit of flavor. I, I just, I'm happy to have bangers and mash. The issue is, it nourishes me every week. The word of God preached, the reading of the word of God. Does it mean that this guy didn't have the same meal a few times? I, out of those 33,000 meals, I guarantee he ate the same meal a number of times. So can I ask you, Christian, 
Why do you complain when the word of God is preached to you in a similar way that you've heard before? Because there is power in the repeated message of the preaching of the word of God and the teaching of the word of God. It is power to change your life and make you better and more like Christ. As God's people, we are fed and nourished by the word of God and it, it, it does, it's not always immediately seen, but as time goes by, you grow as a Christian. You're nourished as a believer. This is why I believe in daily reading of your word of God. Daily devotions to the Lord. Sure, if you can't do it every day because of one reason or another, but you need to get back on the horse and read again. Well, I've read it about 10 times. Yep. Read it again. Paul said to Timothy previously in 2 Timothy 1.13, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me. A pattern shaped by faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. That word hold fast and pattern are very close. And they're talking, the word pattern is almost like a die. It's stamped into your life. Stick to the task of opening your heart to the Word of God. Years ago, I attended a conference and the preacher um, preached a message called Preaching Menu for a Year. And he took Psalm 23, divided it up into various aspects and said he preaches regularly on these topics every year. In fact, he preaches on money every uh, six months because he knew that right then and there they were, he was living in a very affluent area and mammon has a way of getting in underneath your skin. He was endorsing the regular repeating and preaching of the word of God in a, in a way that enforces sound doctrine. T Titus chapter 2 verse 1 says, but speak the things which become sound doctrine. Not Chinese whispers, but the Word of God. Following scriptures that were always in Timothy's uh, epistle, Paul's epi epistle to Timothy, emphasize character. One of the reasons that some people don't always read the Bible is because it challenges the way you live. Sin will keep you from reading your Bible, and, bi and reading the Bible will keep you from sin. Wholesome, continual preaching and reading of the Word of God will develop Christ-like character, layer upon layer, day after day, week after week. In, the, in Isaiah chapter 28, verses 9 and 10, the Old Testament people of God are complaining. Listen to this word. It said, Who does the Lord think we are? They asked. Why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children? just recently weaned he tells us everything over and over one line at a time one line at a time a little here and a little there god's pattern of working with his people was he repeated the message through every prophet so that they got the message we had our grandson over yesterday little archer henry the third and he's, he's, he's four years old. 
And he says, I want this, I want that. I said, beg your pardon. I said, you're missing some words there, son. Until he said, please, he don't get nothing. I'm a hard poppy, aren't I? I mean, seriously, asking him really that he's got to say please and thank you. But you have to repeat the message. Because five minutes after I, after I asked him to say please and thank you, five minutes later he wanted something else, and again he didn't say please and thank you. Hear the Lord saying to the children of Israel, you are children, and I do have to repeat it. And God's saying to you and I this morning, if God's telling you over and over again one thing, what he's asking for you to do is open your heart let the grace of God change you if he's repeating the message, he's repeating it for a reason. Power of that is it does change you. Peter says these words, listen to this, 2 Peter 1.12, Therefore I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. Peter knew the power of the repeated message would eventually change their lives. Then 1 Corinthians 4, 17, it says, that's, that's why I have sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I followed Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. The power of repetition builds good character. The power of repetition builds good Christian character. I want to finally close Amen. Everybody's hanging on because it's quite humid and I appreciate your attentiveness. Thank you, Gary, for not falling asleep. And I want to close with persisting in the repeated message. Can I say to you the gospel is worth repeating? Your testimony is worth repeating. The truth of what God, Christ Jesus the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God. It's worth repeating over and over and over again. Don't stop telling people about it. Don't stop telling your brothers, your sisters in Christ when they're downtrodden and they say, I know what you're going to say to me. You say it anyway. God's faithful. God loves you. God, help, God will help you. Persist in repeating the message. I don't think any Christ follower should ever say in, a, in response to the word of God being preached, oh, I've heard that before. Shame on you if you come out with that statement. Because God's repeating it to you for a reason and we are called to repeat the message. Fact is, the Bible is full of repetitious sermons. How many times did Paul give his testimony? How many times did God say, I want to gather you unto me? How many times does it talk about the love of God? Verses that are repeated, principles that are repeated, stories that are repeated. In verse 15, it says, uh, 1 Timothy 1.15, it says, This is a faithful sir, uh, saying, worthy of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. He said that 60 years after Christ, I'm sorry, 30 years after Christ had died on the cross and after his soon conversion after the res resurrection of Christ. He's still saying it. 
Paul never stopped telling people. And I encourage you never to stop telling people, even though some of my, some of the people, it's, to some people it seems crazy and foolish. You know, we've been indoctrinated that everything needs to be glitzy and glamour and somehow we're going to change the church service so that we can get more people in. Last time I looked, it's the, it's the Word of God, the Spirit of God, it's the anointing of God that brings somebody to salvation. It's the drawing of the Spirit of God. I'm not disrespecting any churches for their lights and their smoke machines and everything else like that. That's fine. If they want to have that, that's fine. But guess what? I come to a church where the Word of God is preached, where our, our worship service is simple. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I've been singing that for 40 years and I still love it. I can repeat that as often as I need to. I can stick, um, you know, uh, what's that guy? Uh, great uh, gratitude. That first song. I can uh, Brandon Lake. I can stick him on repeat because there's great worship that comes through. It's the word of God and it's the things of God that are inspiring and stirring my heart. I'm gonna keep persisting and repeating the word of God. But to some, it's foolishness. To some, it's crazy. But we will continue to preach. The repeated message. Many years ago, I went to a um, a conference in here in Perth, and it was at the uh, sports centre uh, over on the uh, on the um, south of the city there. And um, on the first night of the the conference, a man got up and he preached out of James chapter five, uh, verses thirteen to twenty, and he preached on prayer. It was a great sermon. It was inspiring. Everybody at the conference, it would have been about, you know, 800 people at the conference. It was a great conference, great night to start off. Let's pray. Let's ask God to move. The, the, the next day, a, a new speaker came in and he flew in from the East Coast. It was John Lewis from uh, Northside Christian Family who was in AOG leadership at the time. And he came and he preached at the, at, at the conference and he didn't know what was preached the night before. He gets up and he says, turn to James chapter 5, verse 13 to 20. He preached a number of sermon on prayer. It was different in its illustrations, different with its points. But can I tell you, God was repeating himself for a reason. And the message repeated had a profound effect on the conference body. Everybody said, how could someone do that? preach the same message same uh, sorry the same topic same portion of scripture but speak to us in an entirely different way that's the power of the word of god that's the power of the spirit of god speaking and moving in our service adam clark said the repetitions of the word amen verily verily uh, all verily, verily, among the Jewish writers was considered the equal importance with the most solemn oath. In other words, when God repeats himself in Scripture, he's doing it for a purpose, and he calls you and I to repeat the message. There's somebody here today, and God's speaking to you about going and telling somebody again, the same person you've told before about the love of God, you don't need to change the message. You just need to go and tell them again. 
I was on the phone on Friday. An old FedEx worker. I used to work for FedEx TNT. I was there for about 11 years. And one of the unionists there was a um, avid um, agnostic. So we would have debates. So I heard that he had uh, been having some mental uh, uh, struggles. I rang him up. And I spoke to him and he said to me, I spent six weeks in my bedroom, didn't even come out. Struggling in his mind. He said, I drink every night now. I have about either six cans of beer or wine every night. He says, I know I've got a problem. I said, you know what I'm going to say to you, don't you? And he said, yes. And for the next 10 minutes, I gave him the gospel again for about the 20th time. Because that's the answer. Jesus is his answer. There is nothing. He's been to psychologists. He's been on drugs that numbed him. He said, I don't want to go on those drugs anymore. I said, Jesus is your answer. The blood of Jesus Christ can set you free. I just kept repeating the gospel to him and telling him. And I said, said, Darren, I'm going to pray for you. He said, I know you do anyway. He's heard it and heard it and heard it. I'm not going to stop. Because the hope of his salvation rests in the word of God and the spirit of God moving on that. And it, well, I'm called to repeat that same message over and over again. I want to encourage you. There's somebody in your life that you need to tell it again. Maybe there's a brother or sister in Christ that you're going to have fellowship with after this service and maybe they're, they're struggling. Maybe somebody comes to the altar and we're going to have the altar team here to pray for people after the service. But maybe there's somebody here today that another brother or sister in Christ and they need to hear the re message repeated. They need to hear it again. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.